Good evening. I'm Jason Schultz from the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. And if any of you have been putting off researching in Richard Nixon's presidential materials for the past 20 years, you only have 29 more days in College Park, Maryland before they move to California. Um, but tonight we're here to talk about Richard Nixon and Elvis. And the advertising for Face to Face this month says that Elvis is everywhere. And I'm more inclined to think that Nixon and Elvis are everywhere because BBC Radio 2 uh, produced a program on the meeting recently. They came to talk to me a few days later. Ian called me up. Uh, two weeks ago, my director moderated a discussion at the National Archives with two of the participants of the meeting. My parents sent me an LA Times story that was based on that, meet, uh, on that discussion. And so I think that the fact that 39 years later, people are still really interested in this uh, very brief, uh, very, had no planning at all, uh, meeting kind of indicates how, how much it resonates with the American public. So how did this happen? On December 21st, 1970, Elvis Presley showed up at the northwest gate of the White House in the early morning hours with a handwritten letter to the President of the United States indicating that he wanted to meet with the President that day. And several hours later, that's exactly what happened. And as you can readily imagine, this isn't normally how the White House schedules its visitors. <laughs> a few days earlier, Elvis had left Graceland in Memphis all alone and traveled to DC, checked into a hotel, uh, I guess had some adventures around the city, and then he flew to Los Angeles uh, where he picked up his friend Jerry Schilling. And Jerry was shocked that Elvis was traveling alone because normally he had at least you know, five bodyguards with him. And so Jerry was a little concerned that Elvis uh, was alone, and so he agreed to take a red eye with him back to Washington, not really understanding at all what Elvis's intentions were, but just wanting to be sure that his friend uh, got through it okay. And on the flight, Elvis requested some stationery from the stewardess, and he began to write one of the few letters that he ever wrote in his life. Uh, it was addressed to the president, expressed how much uh, he appreciated what the country had given to him, and he wanted to be able to give some back. It also indicated that he wanted to be appointed a federal agent at large in the war on drugs. And so Jerry Schilling looked this over and, <laughs> and saw that it was from the heart uh, and said, yeah, you should you know, give this to him. And they, uh, that several hours after they landed, they showed up at the White House, as I said, and handed this letter over to the guard who indicated that a senator was coming by and would uh, be sure that it got to the president. The letter made its way to Dwight Chapin, who was the president's appointment secretary. And Dwight Chapin is really keen on making this meeting happen. Uh, so he called up Eagle Bud Krogh, who was a deputy counsel to the president and who was involved in the war on drugs. And so this was his area of expertise. Uh, and Bud was, and Dwight were part of a group of people, young men at the White House, who played practical jokes on one another. And so Bud felt that this was his turn to have it played on him. And of course, didn't believe that Elvis had showed up at the White House gate, uh, particularly when Bud Krogh himself was a huge Elvis fan. And so he, he played along and he took down the information. Um, and this letter that Elvis had written said that he was staying at the Hotel Washington under the name John Burroughs. So not only uh, were they supposed to expect that this letter that had come in unexpectedly was actually from Elvis, but they were to call up the hotel and ask for somebody else entirely. And Bud played along and he felt that maybe Dwight's daughter would answer the phone, uh, but he talked to Jerry Schilling, Elvis's friend that he had picked up in Los Angeles. And, uh, he invited Jerry and Elvis to come down to the White House uh, because they would need to talk to them beforehand, set up some talking points, a scenario for the meeting, uh, because any guest who goes in to talk to the president, they want to know what they're going to say. 
And so at this point, Bud Krogh still wasn't sure that it was, in fact, Elvis. Um, and it wasn't until Elvis and Jerry Schilling and another of Elvis's associates, Sonny West, uh, came into his office that he was sure. And so he um, you know, shook hands with them, introduced them to the secretary, asked Elvis why he wanted to see the president. And Elvis was very sincere in saying what he had said in the letter, um, that the country had given him a lot, and he wanted to, to help give back. And so Bud had to draft a memo to H.R. Haldeman, the president's chief of staff, who would approve a meeting. Uh, and they were, he and Dwight had thrown out some ideas, you know, maybe Elvis could star in a program, or he could work with the White House staff, you know, meaning Bud Krogh would get to see him from time to time. Um, and Bud admits that wasn't particularly inspired, but he needed to have something to send to Haldeman. And the memo that Haldeman got indicated that the president maybe should uh, start seeing young people and could start with Elvis Presley, to which Haldeman wrote in the margin, you must be kidding, <laughs> before approving the meeting anyway. So at this point, uh, Elvis and his associates had been sent back to the hotel, and so Bud called them up and let them know that the meeting was on and they should come back um, to the White House about 11.45. The meeting was gonna be scheduled during what's known as an open hour when uh, various people would drop by for a very short amount of time to meet and greet the president. And so they came back and Bud got a call from the front gate uh, from the Secret Service saying, uh, we have a problem here, Bud. Elvis has a gun. And it's not standard procedure uh, to allow guns in the Oval Office with the president. And so Bud had to diplomatically accept the gift on behalf of the president uh, because it wasn't uh, a gun that Elvis had intended to bring in for himself. It was a framed gun, uh, Colt 45 from World War II, handsomely decorated that he wanted to give as a gift. And so Bud accepted that on behalf of the president and then uh, escorted him into the Oval Office. And any of you who have seen the photo, which I imagine most of you have of this meeting, know that Elvis was dressed in dark velvet pants, a matching coat, he had a large gold chain around his neck and a very large belt buckle. And Bud Krug said no one had ever quite dressed like that in the Oval Office. And so the president and Nixon were sort of studying contrast in their images. Um, and so the meeting didn't go at all according to the, the script that Bud Krug had prepared in terms of what they would be talking about. And uh, Elvis began by showing sort of show and tell. He had pictures of Priscilla and Lisa Marie. Uh, and Elvis also collected badges from uh, various, real badges from various places. So he was showing the president some of those. Uh, he showed the president his cufflinks. Uh, he mentioned that he was performing in Las Vegas, where the president said, yeah, I know what a tough place it is to perform. And Bud Krogh thought to himself, how does he know that? <laughs> and so Bud Krogh was kind of standing in the corner taking notes so he could write up what had happened later. Um, very thrilled to be part of it, but also needing to steer it back to the script as much as he could. Uh, and so he mentioned that you know, Elvis wanted to help with the war on drugs, and Elvis uh, indicated that he wanted to be a federal agent at large and he wanted a badge. And so the president asked, hey, Bud, can we get him a badge? And Bud wasn't really sure if he could or not, but he anyway replied, if you want him to have a badge, I think we can get him a badge. And at this, Elvis was so excited that he spontaneously grabbed and hugged the president, which again, wasn't standard in that White House, uh, or probably any White House. Uh, and so after that, Elvis then asked if he could bring his friends, uh, Jerry and Sonny, in to meet with the president. And he asked Bud if they had time, because it was you know, supposed to be a very short thing, and they did. Um, and so the president met them and wasn't you know, quite sure what to make of them, but they made small talk for a minute. And then, as a standard, um, 
Nixon went to give them gifts, little trinkets for visiting. And so he went around to the drawer that has the gifts that are sort of arranged from you know, least valuable to most valuable at the back of the drawer. And Elvis followed him around <laughs> to be sure that he wasn't you know, given the cheap stuff. Uh, and so the drawer was opened uh, wider. And then Elvis indicated that, you know, they have wives too. This was just a few days before Christmas. <laughs> so they got their Christmas shopping done at the White House. Uh, and there was, there's a series of photographs that were taken by Ollie Atkins, who was the chief White House photographer. Um, and the photograph of Elvis and Nixon in front of the flags is still one of our most popular images. Uh, it's available, you know, not just from us now, it's on our, the National Archives Flickr photo stream and any number of other websites, um, coffee mugs, souvenirs, all those sorts of things. Uh, after the meeting, then Bud gave Elvis and his associates a little tour of the White House. Uh, he made a call over to the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs so that he could get the badge delivered by 2 p.m. And then he went to the White House mess with Elvis. And the White House mess had seen its share of celebrities and power players, but still heads turned when Elvis walked in. And of course, Bud was happy to be associated with that. And by 2 p.m., uh, the badge had arrived, and Elvis was very thankful that he had gotten it. And apparently, neither, uh, neither man said much on the record about the meeting uh, Nixon or Elvis afterwards, uh, but Jerry Schilling said that Elvis was very appreciative that he had gotten the badge. Um, and Bud knew that he wasn't going to leave the White House until he had received the badge. <laughs> and as amazing as it is uh, to believe this meeting didn't become public until 13 months later when uh, John Finlater, at the Bureau, who is the head of the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs, he was writing his memoirs, and Jack Anderson talked to him about it. Um, and so this wasn't a hot, fresh news item. It was just something that no one had known, even though they were trying to keep it on the download uh, due to Elvis's request. Uh, but they weren't secreting him around the White House. They were just taking him the normal routes. They were in the mess where a lot of people uh, saw them. Um, and so it's, and there's no recording of it. The white, famous Nixon White House tapes uh, didn't start until February of 1971. I can only imagine how requested that recording would be. Uh, if it had happened. Um, but the, the fact that you know, 39 years later, people are still just really interested in this sort of chance meeting uh, that didn't have any hoopla associated with it at the time. No one knew about it except those immediately involved at the White House. Um, it's just, just extraordinary that this is something that, um, that people focus on. And, but out of you know, a presidency that had many unique moments, Elvis showing up unannounced and being invited in to see the president just hours later is, is certainly uh, substantial. So if you have any questions that haven't been answered by the previous Nixon-Elvis events, perhaps I can <laughs> take a stab at them. Did the, was the photograph um, immediately popular, or has it sort of um, you know, taken its place on your um, top 100 more recently? Well, we uh, first released the photographs in the late 1970s. I don't know if at that, I imagine that the photograph was released at that time as well, but it was really in the late 1980s. There was a syndicated column that was published uh, indicating that we had this photograph. And then the Nixon project staff was getting mailbag volume requests for copies of that photograph. And so ever since then, at least, it's been tremendously popular. Um, but we're not the only source for it anymore, so we can't say you know, exactly how popular. We just know that it's. Uh, it shows up everywhere. Yes? Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room that has read the article and stuff. 
style section about Elvis and a local woman? Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. I, I mean, I heard the question two weeks ago at the, the other event, but I'm not a big Elvis expert. Uh, so I only know really what happened at the White House once he showed up, uh, not more about his intentions why he was in Washington other than the meeting. Yes. Uh, after he got his badge, apparently he donated uh, $2,000 to a, an anti-drug committee or something like that, uh, according to Bud Krogh's book about it. But I don't know of any other events that he showed up at. He certainly wasn't in a you know, musical program that they had <laughs> considered. What was that? Nobody invited him to. Not that I know of. But that badge is on exhibit at Graceland. Yes. And the gun that was given to the president is on exhibit at the Nixon Library in Yorba Linda. Uh, there, there's not a lot, really we only have about maybe 10 to 15 documents about the meeting and they're mostly just documenting, uh, you know, the memorandums stating that he wanted the meeting to take place and this is what we talk about, this is what we talked about, and then there's also um, correspondence after Jack Anderson's column was published 13 months later, but nothing, no other inter-office correspondence that maybe if such, uh, you know, talk did take place, perhaps it was oral or, you know, wasn't record material that later came to the archives. I can't really speak to that. And Jerry Schilling didn't mention anything about his friend's uh, okay. mental condition or okay. anything like that. Thank you so much, Jason. You're welcome. Yeah.